Welcome to the Indian Prairie Podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Jovenini, Director of Innovation. And Candy Michelli, Director of Professional Learning. In today's episode, we will be discussing supporting building culture with a lens on equity. Joining us today, we have invited Kibby Lewis from Crone Middle School and Joe Peritori from Scone Middle School to provide us with some insights on this topic. Welcome, Joe and Kibby. Will you please introduce yourselves? I'm Kibby Lewis, a currently assistant principal at Crone Middle School. Um, I've been at the school for about 11 years. I also taught at Crone. So super excited to be part of this podcast today and share with you what we're doing around Crone. Uh, Joe Peritori, I am currently the assistant principal at Scullin Middle School. This is my fourth year there, um, and I also am excited to join you guys and talk a little bit about what's going on at Scullin. Well, we appreciate you both being here. Um, share with us, we're going to start the conversation about the strategies that you've used um, to support your building culture over the past year. It's certainly been an interesting year. So talk about what um, strategies and supports you've put in place for your stakeholders that you work with. Yeah, I think, um, you know, for us, in our building, we always try to kind of focus on our, our building culture. Um, having a lot of our kids remote and even staff remote made that a little bit more of a challenge this year. So, um, you know, starting from when the pandemic hit and even this fall, we just tried to be be available and listen to our staff. So that was weekly check-ins, um, constantly meeting with teams and teachers, um, sometimes maybe, maybe for their liking a little too much, but um, just wanted to have that face time to be able to see how they're doing um, and really connect with them because when they're not in the building, that's a little bit harder. You know, when we're in normal school day, we can walk down to their classrooms, we can see them in meetings and stuff. So really wanted to have that face-to-face as much as possible. And then um, just trying to build that culture up and, and lift the spirits up, right? So if people are excited about, there's a lot going on, but if we can kind of make them happy um, and make them excited about being a part of our building, then I think that that translates to success in the classroom. So some things we did were, um, we did like sunshine bags when we welcomed the staff in the beginning of the year, uh, just kind of some some treats and some things to really kind of get them smiling as they started the school year. Uh, we've done some things with we done a coffee bar for staff just to kind of do a little bit more of camaraderie. Um, and then for our students, you know, how do we connect with those kids? Um, remote learning. That's been a challenge for us. Uh, and we did something called the Sharky Awards, which we we stopped at people's houses and kind of surprised them with a you know, some treats and took us, we actually bought like little trophies that looked like little Oscars and just kind of surprised kids and said, Hey, thank you for, for doing a great job and participating and having your screen on and, and doing a great job with remote learning. So I think the little things are just trying to stay connected as a, as a community, as a school have been important for us. So fun. I bet your staff really appreciate all the connections and students too. Kibby, what about at Crone? What, what are some things that you've tried this year? Yeah, definitely, um, you know, piggybacking on what Joe said about listening to the needs of the staff. Again, this was unknown for all of us. So that was so important for us to listen to our staff and see what they needed and to respond, you know, appropriately to their needs, whether it's support with technology, classroom structure, um, whatever it may be, we were definitely focused on listening to them, as well as one big thing that we like to do as well as just keeping some things consistent. What were some of the things that we can keep consistent that we would have done in a normal school year? I mean, we're looking at um, working with our SIP committees and just making sure, like Joe said, those relationship pieces that we normally would be able to do very easily within the building. We had to find ways to connect with students remotely and the students that were in the building and not just the students, but the staff. So we had several staff members as well, you know, teaching remotely and, and teaching from home. So we wanted to make sure that they felt connected too. So again, those deliveries to the homes when we could. Um, phone calls, sending postcards to their houses, just making sure that they still felt connected to the school. 
Um, as far as the students, some of those things that we did consistently back at, at Crone in you know, previous years, things like the Crone Olympiad, positive referrals, just again, showing students that it may look a little bit different this year, but still some of those things that we did before and we valued so much at Crone that we continue to do that this year. We also had to modify our announcements. And I know that's one big thing that we're proud of at Crone. We used to in the morning and then 801, 802, read the announcements off. All the kids would hear it, but making it so that students at home could feel connected to the school and know what's going on and see portions of the school and see their teachers and see their classmates. So important to us, but definitely just making sure that our, our teachers felt supported and whatever they needed. Um, it was just really a big, important factor for us this year as well. I know we're talking today about uh, building culture, but obviously this goes without saying that you guys talked a lot about some of the SEL work that we're doing with our staff and mental check-ins. How did staff respond? Did it? Did you see that carry over into their work with students? How was that kind of progression and that work connected? Yeah, I think I think staff appreciated it. Right early on, um, we, it was just, it was a it was a weird time, right? I mean, we talk about. I mean, Kibby mentions the idea of trying to have some normalcy, right? I think some consistency. I think we're all longing for that as much as possible right now. So. I think our staff really appreciated, you know, us taking the time to, to check in to see how they're doing, right? Sometimes we focus on the SEL component for students, but that, that teacher SEL component was so huge as they were transitioning from my in the classroom to remote learning to, you know, coming back to the building, how they're going to be there to now rooming and Zooming. And so a lot of transitions for them. And so just that, that check-in and showing that you care and you're listening to, to what they need and then being able to then structure whether it's PD or um, you know time throughout the day to, to meet their needs, I think that that's been something that's allowed them to feel more comfortable as they as they're navigating this you know this unknown kind of territory. Yeah, our um, student services department as well really took on a large part of that SEL piece, even creating at the beginning of the year a buddy check-in. So every single staff member, so not just teachers, but our staff member down to our custodians. Everyone in that building had someone to check in with. And on Fridays, that was your check-in time. If there was a special occasion, check in with your buddy. Um, we embedded time as admin. We embedded time for our staff to just 10 minutes, Zoom with your buddy, check in with them, see how they're doing, and just talk about, you don't have to talk about school. Talk about anything, you know, your life, what's going on, your kids, um, especially. So, so proud of our, our student services for stepping up with that. We also added a piece to our announcements with um, Wellness Wednesdays. So it's not just for the students, it's for staff as well. Take those moments to meditate, you know, think about things, you know, play with the pets, play with your kids, just take a five minute break when we have that asynchronous time. So we really, whatever we tried to um, give to the kids, we also made sure that it related to our staff as well. I love hearing from both of you about the listening part and how important it is. Um, not just to check in, but to really listen and hear what either students or staff are sharing with you. Sometimes that's all people need. And um, it's just a, it's a huge, it's a huge piece. One of the things um, that we were hoping to talk about today was about elevating student voice, which is also being able and available to listen to students. Um, how do you ensure that there's equitable access to um, listening to students in the, in the work they do within the school and how they're feeling represented and supported across this entire school day? So we've been at Crone, especially with our work with Dr. Goldie Muhammad, we've been working with our staff to make sure that they feel comfortable in their own identity and giving them those skills and strategies. So we've had a couple of presentations at our school, our Crone Equity Committee. We've done a couple of presentations where we talk about before you can 
expect students to do these things, you need to also dig deep and do some of that internal work as well. So we did that to ensure that our staff felt comfortable and were able to have some of those conversations on whatever level it is um, to do that. So therefore, when they go into the work, they're able to give students a broader viewpoint or have them just think a little bit differently or have them question in different ways. So I know one for um, Black History Month, our sixth grade teacher found an actor portrayal of Dr. or not Dr. excuse me, of Wilma Rudolph. And then from that, an extension activity um, developed where the students are now correspondents and they're talking about the impact of Wilma Rudolph's, uh, Wilma Rudolph's, Rudolph's life on themselves and um, going forward, you know, what are they now going to do in the world? How is that going to change them? So that's, again, listening to that student voice, it provided students an opportunity to have closure on the activity, but now the students have extended it. And actually I'm meeting at two o'clock today with um, a team of teachers and some of their students on a Zoom so that they can show me their presentation as far as what they would like to do for the announcements and for their classmates um, and the project and how it's developed. So I'm super excited to see it. I hear the students have agendas. They all have roles and what they plan on doing. Um, but again, it's showing how their lives, they can see themselves through what Wilma Rudolph did. So that's exciting. I love that. And it's um, it's nice because it's not just like an event focus, but it's more about embedded and continu a continuation of, of how it impacts their learning and their lives. It's mm -hmm. awesome. Joe, what about at um, Stellan? What is what are some things that you, your team and your staff are doing to help elevate either, I guess, staff or student voices? Yeah, I think, you know, one thing we've learned from this is unfortunately, sometimes our, our student voices, they got robbed from them, right? Because they were behind a screen or they've been muted, right? And so um, we've actually had a lot of students just kind of reach out to us. Um, hey, they want to start this club or they want to start this organization. And so I guess the simple thing that we've done is just kind of said yes to those things. And, you know, our staff's been awesome at just finding ways to be like, yep, I'll support that. Um, and so we have, you know, our counselors currently running an art club right now um, because a girl wanted to start an art club. And, you know, then she jokes around. She's like, I might have gotten over my head. I've got like 50 students here and she's running it because our art teacher is running like a gaming club after school that kids want to do. So just um, finding ways to like socially connect with them. And we've also had, uh, we have a couple groups that like our, our GSA group and we have some, um, a girls group that's been run by some of our staff members. And so just continuing on those things and finding ways to continually meet with those students so that they have that opportunity to have that socialization that I think is, is what they're missing, right? And so from that, we can kind of learn what their needs are and, and give them and try to connect to them and be able to say, hey, we're giving you guys, you know, more of that equitable opportunity to kind of find out what you personally want and then build from there. And so I think that that's, you know, kudos to our staff for taking the initiative and wanting to do those things, because um, I think that that's allowed our kids to to have something that they, you know, so much are lacking right now. And I think that that's a great job by them. You guys highlighted a really important fact. And every time I watch the the 204 videos um, that our media department puts out, our staff is amazing and just do amazing things and the power of yes, and just continuously trying to do great things for kids and uh, just the amazing work that they do. So as we kind of think about the pandemic and what that looked like and look for next year, what are you guys excited about as we kind of look for the future of our education? I'm, I'm like super excited about next year and moving forward. I think, you know, obviously there's been a lot of challenges, but I think we have an opportunity here as educators to kind of hit the reset button on how we do things in our 
schools, in our classes. Um, and so I, I'm really excited to kind of what we can learn from this and um, how we kind of change education as a result of that, you know, and I know, I know the district's been shifting kind of to things like blended learning, you know, and, you know, is there a way we can kind of now start to incorporate that? We've seen some kids that have been really successful in this remote hybrid model. We've also seen some kids that have struggled with it, but we could, if we can focus on those success stories, how do we maybe incorporate some of that stuff in, um, you know, our use of technology has, I think a lot of teachers have kind of been thrown in the deep end for that and said, like, figure it out. And they have, they've done an amazing job at it. But now how do we continually use some of that stuff to bring it back into our classroom, right? I think that that stuff is, it excites me. Um, I, you know, one thing I'm, I'm really kind of excited for is, is we've a lot of kind of our assessment of students, right? How are we assessing their learning and their understanding of our content and, and kind of opening up a lens into how we're grading kids and how we're supporting those kids and what do we really want to focus on. And I think that that's, this has forced us as educators to kind of peel back what we wanted to grade and kind of say, okay, here's what's important to them because, you know, am I going to get my kids to follow all these assignments and complete all these things? No, this is the essential stuff I need to do. And then how am I going to report out on that? And so um, I think it, I'm excited about those opportunities, but how we can kind of look at and, and grow from this thing, um, this, this challenge. Yeah, I agree, Joe. Very similarly um, in our building, too, what we're looking forward to is definitely that technology piece. You know, we hear from, you know, teachers, we don't have enough time and we don't have this. But I think with what they've done this year, and like you said, being thrown into the deep end, that learning those new technology skills, now looking at more flipped classrooms, like what can you do and pairing students up with technology and, and that they will rise to the occasion. They will do the work. If you put them in those small groups, we don't have to worry about them. They have expectations and you can now work with the smaller groups of students like you said, to focus on that assessment piece and, and to meet students where they are going to be next year and help those students succeed. So that's a big uh, part that we're excited about. I loved this year too, despite, you know, it looked a little bit differently than the past, but a lot of the time that our teachers have had to collaborate with other teachers in the district and even within the building. Um, as we were talking about looking at next year, we're like, oh no, we're not going to have, you know, those hours at the end of the day or, you know, certain times to meet with our you know teachers. How is that going to look next year? You know, so we're looking forward to that. All the work that we were able to do this year with the time that we had, um, what's that going to look like next year? And again, our equity work. I mean, we we're really excited with what we started with this year and growing it looking at expanding it to students and bringing students into the equity work that we do. So again, just building on everything that we did this year and then just, you know, exponentially getting better next year with that piece. And then again, just those relationships, like you said, Joe, just coming back in the building, you know, and restarting. And that's one thing that we're excited about too. Those expectations, we can kind of start fresh, you know, and have those students back. They'll be excited to be back and, you know, we'll be excited as well. And just starting, you know, almost like a restart, you know, having that chance to start over and um, to grow from there and build. So, yeah, those are some things that we're really super excited about. Before we um, wrap up our, our session today, we really would love to ask, what are you most proud of in your schools? What What is the the driving force for you to get up every day and and know that there's something you're looking forward to? Yeah, I think it really is that uh, that teachers have really risen to the you know the occasion. I mean, I know we've kind of overstated that, but it's so true. Just to come in, and I know you know just looking at how some of our teachers and our teams have worked together to support students, and not only just as a whole, 
but one or two in the class. And they sometimes don't sleep at night because they're so concerned about getting that one or two. And I, you didn't log on for two days. What do we do? You know, and making those phone calls and the emails and adjusting their, you know, assignments and their academics so that the student can succeed. So that is something that we are truly proud of is how they have wrapped around and supported students when they themselves need a lot of support as well. So, so proud of them of giving when, you know, they almost feel like they're on empty. So that's why we want to make sure that we're supporting them in the important work that they're doing. So just proud of our teachers and every and our staff as a whole as to what they've done this year. I mean, Brian, you mentioned it. Kibbe, you mentioned it. I mean, yeah, we have amazing staff in 204 um, from top to bottom. And so that's obviously that that makes it great to come to work and to be a part of that. Um, and they're, you know, I was extremely proud of our staff, kind of their perseverance in the beginning of this year and just kind of, you know, what's this Zoom? Okay. And then all of a sudden teachers would throw out questions and there'd be three training videos that somebody had sent out. And so people were helping each other out. And so it was really kind of that, like it takes a village approach and kind of working together. And so for me, I'm a, I'm a culture guy. I'm a school culture. I'm a, you know, I think that that, that kind of drives your building success. You know, the, the better culture you have with your, with your staff and your students, then the more successful your teachers are going to be in the classroom, the more kids are going to want to be there. So um, that's kind of what drives me to come and what I'm most proud of that we've been able to develop. And so looking forward to, you know, building upon what we've already kind of established, but kind of maybe getting back to some of those, you know, those social gatherings where we can kind of, you know, have an opportunity to talk and, um, you know, work on ourselves, but not necessarily only educational things, but, you know, hey, how how's your family? Um, how was, you know, that, that sporting event or, or whatever it is you want to talk about? I think that sometimes we, we miss those things. And so that to me, you know, is what I, you know, come to the school for. And I, I try to bring to, to Scullin is having a positive school culture. And I think that translates to everything we do. Well, we both thank you so much for your time today. Um, certainly you've shared so many wonderful things that are occurring in your buildings. Um, I'm sure um, your staff and your students appreciate all the hard work you've done um, to help establish some of that culture and, and support that you've put in place for them. So we appreciate you and look forward to seeing all that you're doing for the upcoming school year. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having us, appreciate it. We would like to thank both Kibby and Joe for their time today. We know teachers appreciate their leadership at their buildings. We would also like to thank members of our curriculum instruction team for their leadership on this topic and extend a special thank you to members of our communications department, Janet Julio and Clayton Urbanic for making the podcast happen. If you have any further questions, please email your questions to support at IPSD.org. We thank you for your time today and hope you enjoyed being part of the conversation.